given recent events, it seems appropriate to talk about our relationship with the Jews. Anti-Semitism has been around since Roman times, or maybe even since Egyptian times, if we consider the stories from the Exodus. Because the Jewish religion demands that its adherents live in a way set apart from the dominant culture, it is very easy for societies to see the Jews as different, strange, or foreign. And once the Jews are seen as something foreign, it is then easy to blame them for whatever is going wrong in a society. In the United States, we often adopt this toxic attitude toward immigrants in general, blaming them for the loss of jobs or a decay in culture, neither assertion being supported by the data, of course. But in Europe, where immigration has not historically been a factor, the Jews living in the city, but in their own neighborhoods, became the easy target, and this attitude crossed the Atlantic with the colonists. Now, in the course of European history, Christian theology has been used to justify these anti-Semitic attitudes. But like the use of the Bible to justify slavery or torture, the actual tradition of Christian theology does not support these conclusions. I hope that by the end of today's homily, we can all understand just how inherently Jewish Christian theology really is. In seminary, one of my professors once said that Catholicism and modern-day Judaism inherit equally from the Judaism of Jesus' time. What did he mean? The Judaism of Jesus' time was dominated by the temple in Jerusalem, just as Judaism had been since the time of Solomon. The animal sacrifices made to God are central in the Torah law and are taken for granted by the Jewish prophets. Even the Jewish feast days and pilgrimages were generally focused on the Jerusalem temple. But in 70 AD, after the residents of Jerusalem revolted against Roman rule, the Romans destroyed the temple, leaving no stone left on another. Suddenly, the Jews had no temple. The very center of their religion was gone. Of course, this had happened once before, when 600 years earlier, the Babylonians had destroyed the first temple. But at that time, the Jews always looked forward to returning to Jerusalem and rebuilding the temple, which is exactly what they did. But this time, with the Romans... They lost that hope, and suddenly they had to reinvent themselves. What resulted was Pharisaic Judaism, which taught that atonement for sins and worship of God could be achieved outside of the temple by following the Torah law. Eventually, this became Rabbinic Judaism after the publication of non-scriptural Jewish teachings called the Talmud in the 6th century. And this is the Judaism that we know today. But, to my professor's point, this was only one way in which the Judaism of Jesus' time continued forward to the present day. The other way was Christianity. 
It is wrong to believe that early Christianity was a complete break with the Jewish religion, or that, with the acceptance of Gentiles into the faith, Christianity had abandoned its Jewish roots. Yes, there were some very specific Jewish teachings which Christianity overturned, most notably the dietary laws and the practice of circumcision both of which were overturned by apostolic authority under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But overall, the new Christian religion remained very Jewish, and the second century Christians were quick to point out all of the ways in which they were carrying forward Jewish beliefs. Which brings us back to the temple. The temple was the center of ancient Judaism, primarily because it was through the temple that atonement for sin was achieved. But with the coming of Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, the temple was no longer necessary because Jesus had atoned for sins once for all. As such, the first generation of Christians no longer offered sacrifice in the temple, even while they continued to participate in synagogue services and other forms of Jewish worship. So when the temple was destroyed by the Romans a mere 40 years after Jesus' death, rather than adopt the Pharisaic view that atonement is possible through Torah, the Jewish Christians began to teach that the temple continued in and through Jesus Christ. This, in fact, is the entire purpose of the letter to the Hebrews, to show that in Jesus we can find the fulfillment of the prophets and the temple and the priesthood and the sacrifices. Now our second reading makes more sense when it says, The Levitical priests were many because they were prevented by death from remaining in office. But Jesus, because he remains forever, has a priesthood that does not pass away. And also when it says, Jesus has no need, as did the high priests, to offer sacrifice day after day, first for his own sins and then for those of the people. He did that once for all when he offered himself. This letter is trying to show, carefully, deliberately, and within the symbolic system of Judaism, that the temple is no longer necessary because Jesus himself is the temple. In Jesus, we can find the completion of all the hopes and practices given by God to the Hebrew people, from Abraham through John the Baptist. Neither the Christians nor the rabbinic Jews of today look exactly like the Jews of Jesus' time, because Judaism had to make a radical change after the temple was destroyed. But both Christians and rabbinic Jews, in their own way, try to carry forward the religion of the Old Testament. Now, this understanding can still lead to anti-Semitism. Fulfillment typology has been used in the past to say that Christianity is the real version of Judaism, that by rejecting Jesus, modern-day Jews have abandoned true Judaism, and that in turn God has abandoned them. But this is fundamentally to misunderstand God. Yes, we believe that the Judaism of the Old Testament was a preparation for Jesus 
in that Jesus was the fulfillment of the Jewish law. Yes, we believe that Jesus established a new and everlasting covenant through which membership in the people of God was extended to all people of every race. But we do not believe that God breaks promises. God claimed the Jews as his people, and this claim has not been negated. God pledged to be faithful to them, and this pledge remains. Nowhere, not once, has the Catholic Church ever claimed that the Old Testament is deficient, incorrect, or somehow not inspired by God. It remains the Word of God just as much as the New Testament alongside it. The Jews of today, just like us, are trying as best as they can to respond to the great outpouring of God's love and fidelity found in the Old Testament. They live out the Old Testament through Torah and Talmud, while we live it out through the Church and the sacraments. So, we should love the Jews and feel very close to them, because we share a common scripture, worship the same God, and are doing our best to remain faithful to the God who has been so faithful to us. While we Christians are deeply Jewish, what we do not share with the rabbinic Jews is their history. The Jewish people since the time of Jesus have been continually persecuted, killed, and even exterminated by Christians, Muslims, secularists, and any other dominant society that wanted to turn them into scapegoats. So when anti-Semitism rears its ugly head once again, we should be the first ones to rise up in their defense. First, so that we never repeat the sins of the past. But second, because they are our brothers, adopted as children by our same God. And we should love them deeply for their fidelity to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel.